Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Beat. England have sapped most of the fun out of football during the past week. But here at the Arsenal Beat, we've got you covered. Once you've enjoyed this North London Derby preview, listen back to Gift of the Gab, our Gabriel Jesus special, featuring contributions from Tim Vickery, Paul Hurst and Jack Gorn, among others. And then squeeze in our episode for Monday, where Molly Hudson, Max Jones and Art de Roche talk about a record-breaking WSL weekend for Arsenal. Now, though, we are firmly focused on the visit of Tottenham on Saturday lunchtime, as Sam Dean of The Telegraph and Football London's Kai Kanak join me, Mark Man-Brines, to look ahead to a massive derby day. Guys, we say massive. It is fairly big for this stage of the season, given the starts they've both had to the campaign. Sam, a bit of an open-ended one here, but is it, it's a bigger game for which of these two sides? Oh, that's quite a tough question. Um, I guess in terms of performances so far this season, Tottenham have got a little bit more to prove. Their results have been pretty good by and large, but their performances haven't been brilliant, um, generally speaking. Obviously, that's they've had a few where they've been very impressive indeed. So you'd probably argue that Spurs have a bit more to prove in terms of um, showing they are capable of really pushing at the top. Arsenal... I think have shown that this season in terms of their performances. But the big question on Arsenal, obviously, is that they've not really played top-tier opposition. And and the one team they have played who, you know, are in the so-called big six is Man United. And that didn't go very well, as we know. Uh, albeit the performance that day was quite good, but they did lose that game. So, you know, if Arsenal lose this, then it'd be very easy to accuse them of being flat-track bullies or, or not good enough against the top teams, which has been a regular criticism of this Arsenal side for for a long time now so both of them to a degree have got different sort of pressures in the, in that sense but but fundamentally I think you have to say this is probably the highest standard North London derby in terms of the two teams and the way they're both playing and the, and the players in those teams that we've seen for quite a few years now um, with both teams looking really good uh, effectively so that makes it very interesting in its own right Kaya, I know it's Arsenal at home that they could potentially, obviously, make indents in into the rest of the teams below them, given it they kick off early. But as the resident Arsenal fan of the of us three, would a draw be the end of the world for Arsenal, or, or do they have to prove that they can beat one of these top six quite early on? No, I don't think it would be the end of the world. But I think when you look at the fixture list Arsenal have got coming up, um, so Liverpool, not Man City anymore. But um, sort of plenty of big teams that they're going to be facing in the next few weeks. I think Arsenal will want to try and get three points from the board, and particularly this is the home North London derby. They tend to win the whole home North London derby, and Spurs tend to win their home North London derby. So I think Arsenal will be keen to get three points on the board, keen to continue the momentum. I mean, it's not exactly a controversial statement to say that Arsenal want to win the North London derby at home, but I don't think. I think it really does depend on the nature of the draw. I think if if Arsenal play well and they're pegged back um, by sort of some counter-attacking Spurs goals, which we've seen Spurs do in big away games, saw them do it against Man City last season where they actually won the game. I don't think any Arsenal fans will be too... Uh, they'll be frustrated on the day, but I think in terms of the long-term thing, I think they'll be all right about it. And I think the positivity will remain around the club. So no, a draw under certain circumstances wouldn't necessarily be the worst result in the world, but it's such a an intense rivalry. They'll, of course, they'll of course want to win it. Sam, I wonder if will the international break have had any sort of impact on on these teams? Obviously, they've they've had players go away across the board, really across the world. 
and they're coming back for an early kickoff on a Saturday. Now, I think those Saturday games sometimes can be quite slow and, and, and a bit methodical, but this could be the complete opposite of that, couldn't it, if, if both teams are up for it? Yeah, the, the early kickoff never helps the atmosphere, but for a North London derby, I think that's going to be a given that it's going to be good, irrespective of when you played it. I mean, you could play this game at four in the morning and it would be it would be pretty raucous. Um, the international break's interesting because obviously Arsenal have had quite a few players who didn't go, um, namely Gabriel Jesus and Gabriel Martinelli, for example. Ben White didn't go. So Tinchenko didn't go as well, building up his fitness. So there's quite a few who have been around the club, had a few t- days off and, and have been back in training earlier this week. Whereas I think Tottenham have generally, all their key players have been out and about around the world. The players like Son and, and Richarlison, for example, are literally playing all over the place. So that might hand a, a slight advantage to Arteta in terms of preparation time. But you know, it, it wouldn't be a major thing, I don't think. Obviously, injury issues are are key for Arsenal and, and to an extent Spurs as well with Hugo Lloris. But uh, Kaya put a line out today um, about some of the injury injuries issues going on. And if I'm right, Kaya, your understanding is that players like Party and Zinchenko will probably be okay. Touch wood for Arsenal's sake. Yeah, well, what I heard was that, that they're hopeful they're being assessed over the next sort of couple of days and they're hopeful that they'll be um, fit. What I would say is sort of Mikel Arteta, when it comes to these injury news, can be very um, cagey. And um, I think so, as much as that's sort of the information I managed to get, I don't think it's necessarily a nailed on that party and Zinchenko will be available. I just think I wouldn't necessarily expect Arsenal to say anything other than that. At this stage, but um, I think the early signs are positive, and I think Tierney's definitely going to be available as well, which is obviously a boost as well. Mark, a question for you. Go. If Tierney and Zinchenko are both fully fit and to play, explain your reasoning. They bought him to, because they think he fits in the system that Arteta wants to play. I think it's as simple as that, isn't it? I think I said a few pods ago that Tierney might be a bit concerned about his future at the club. We know he's going to play, you know, probably play 15, 20 games a season when he with, with restings in Chenko and Europa League and cup competitions and things like that. But I just think clearly now the way Arteta wants to play with, with the left back in particular or left wing back, wherever he plays, is, is for him to be that inverted role, if you like. Um Tierney tried to do that. I don't think he did it particularly well because that's not his his game set, is it? His set is, I'll get forward and I'll cross balls into the box. Sometimes aimlessly, sometimes well. But I, I just think Zinchenko is is better. I think he might struggle more defensively than, than Tierney, which might be a consideration that, that Arteta has. But Arteta's got to get to a point soon where he plays the team and the football he wants to play, regardless of the opposition. And I think a few years ago, he always respected them, rightly so, because he knew his team wasn't able to beat them. You know, I remember when Lacazette and Nelson scored and they beat Liverpool at, at the Emirates. That was a completely different Arsenal performance where, you know, it was back to the walls. Arguably, they won the FA Cup with a similar kind of approach. But if you're, if you're seeing yourself now as a top club, and Arteta certainly, that seems to be where the trend is going, that they're going to be a better team all round. You've got to set that team up how you want to play, regardless of, of the other 11 at the other end of the pitch. I think the decision between those two left-backs will basically give an indication of Arteta's confidence in his own system. Because effectively, by playing Zinchenko, you are doubling down on 
wanted to keep the ball, control possession, own the midfield and dominate territory. If you play Tierney, you're accepting there will be moments in this game and Arsenal cannot do that. And against someone like Kulisewski, who perhaps is the best one against one winger or dribbler in the league, that's going to cause serious problems. So I think that that, that will be a really interesting decision just Again, assuming they're both fit and that might affect it one way or the other, but I can very much see the logic for playing Tierney. Not least because he played very well against Brentford the other day and looked like he was putting up some match sort of sharpness again. I can really see him thinking or just feeling a little bit afraid of Kulisevsky going one-on-one against Zinchenko because we've seen already this season that while Zinchenko is obviously a fantastic football player and fundamental to the system that Arteta is trying to impose he did have difficulties against players like Jordan Ayew for example and Jordan Ayew is not Kulisevsky in terms of the, the threat he poses so I just wonder if Arteta might be a little bit more careful Jacka plays a bit deeper Tierney plays instead of Zinchenko and they go from there but where does that end then Sam where does it end you're not are you not playing Tierney every other week because you've got a right winger that you're a bit worried about. You know, when when do you when do you pick your best team if you if you're having to adjust it to, to the opposition every week? Well, you, there aren't that many Kulisevskis about. You play you play Zinchenko against everyone apart from Tottenham, City, Crystal Liverpool, Palace, Liverpool. Well, Crystal Palace that you could play them again, but that just showed for me the the potential danger there. You know, I, I wouldn't. I, if I was Arsenal manager, I would pick Tierney against Man City over Zinchenko, for example. And I think you could say that about very, very few teams. And that's City, Spurs, Chelsea, probably even probably not. Maybe Liverpool against Salah. Those. It's very specific examples. So that's thirty. That's that's six games over the whole season. So there's going to be space for both. What I would say about this that's worth considering is it's a home derby for Arsenal. If it was an away one, he might be tempted to be a bit more cautious, but because it's a home game and Arteta's so into getting sort of being in tune with the fans and sort of matching their energy with his team selections and with what he's trying to do on the pitch in terms of, I expect Arsenal to go for this game. I don't expect them to be cautious and feel Tottenham out. I expect them to go for it straight from the off, like they did in the home North London derby last season. And to do that, you need control of possession. You need to be offensive. You need to pin Spurs back. And I think players like Zinchenko give Arsenal more of a chance to do that than a Tierney just just because of how good they are in possession. That's not to say I don't think that Tierney could be effective from an attacking point of view because I think Emerson Royale leaves a lot of space in behind that someone like Kieran Tierney could exploit just because of where he tends to play on the pitch. But I do think Zinchenko, you know, assuming he's fit, will um, will be chosen just because he'll he'll want to control this game. He'll want to strangle Spurs as much as possible. And players like Zinchenko, particularly in a home derby, will will give him the opportunity to do that. It's obviously the same manager. It's the same core group of players from last season at Arsenal. They will still be massively hurting over that awful display towards the end of the year away at Tottenham, won't they? Is this a chance? Is that a thing that will be in their minds? Do players work like that? Yeah, I certainly think so. And as as we sort of saw from Arteta's approach last season into team talks and how he motivates the team based on the Amazon documentary... I'd be very surprised if that didn't come up in conversation this week and perhaps even before the game. That that was obviously a gruelling, chastening night for Arsenal. And while there are some changes to that team, you know, Rob Holding won't be playing, you know, Tavares won't be playing, they're 
as you say, the core is there effectively. And those those wounds are pretty fresh. So you think Arsenal will come out pretty hot. And, and as, as Kaya says, on the front foot straight away. And then obviously the counterpoint to that is of all the teams to go out on the front foot against, leaving space behind, Spurs are the most likely to kill you because they are probably the deadliest counter-attacking team in the league right now. I also think it's it, it's written in the stars to be peak Arsenal and, you know, Spurs come here and play the best football they've played this season. Kaya, in terms of the managers, Conte was a man linked with that Arsenal job a while ago. Arteta obviously got it. He's doing great jobs across Europe, really, when we've seen him take over at Chelsea, we've seen him go to Inter Milan. Would you like to have seen him in the Arsenal dugout back in the day? Not for me. I don't think he's the kind of manager that Arsenal tend to sort of mesh well with in terms of, I think Arsenal are a team that sort of, and a, a squad and a sort of an ownership that lends itself more to a project style manager that I think Mikela has, uh, has proved to be, whereas I think Conte is a bit more sort of short-term here and now thinking. You look at the the ages of the players he tends to um, pick, he tends to prefer experience, he tends to make a lot of signings for the short term. He's got a very um, definitive style of play and a very intense style of motivation, which probably would have worked for Arsenal for a couple of seasons and maybe would have sort of brought some trophies back and maybe would have restored um, the club to maybe a, a higher status, which is where they obviously want to get back to. But I think in terms of the longer term and the, the positive mood around the Emirates and sort of the playing style and all those kind of things that do really matter to Arsenal fans, I don't think Conte would have been the guy for that. That's not to say I don't think he's a good manager. I think for Spurs, he's actually quite a good fit because for Spurs, their aim is to sort of start winning trophies again and to try and sort of build themselves up and be taken seriously as one of the the big six teams and I, I, I do think that Conte is the perfect fit for that because he's taken them from a team that was sort of always viewed as towards the bottom end of that spectrum to a team that's now very much at the top where two people are talking about them as title contenders in you know relatively serious terms and they're Champions League team now so I think Conte is perfect for Spurs and I think Arteta is kind of the perfect fit for Arsenal as well. On the same theme Sam I remember post-match last year at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium there was some heated words, really, from Conte towards Arteta. So we've spoken about the players wanting to uh, to get redemption, but Arteta will have that on his mind as well, I assume. Yeah, there was good uh, good beef last season, wasn't there, all round? I think primarily because of the postponement of the game at Tottenham due to Arsenal's one Kobe case, <laughs> which, as, as discussed at the time, was within the rules, uh, but maybe perhaps arguably not within the spirit of the rules um, to effectively call off a game because you had lots of injuries. Um, that that Arsenal were within their rights to do that and I think Tottenham were understandably annoyed about it, if that makes sense. So both were right and both were wrong. Uh, there's definitely beef there. I think we saw that last season and, and as you mentioned, post-match. And Conte doesn't like it when managers talk about opposition teams. Um, he, he had a pop of clock last year as well for doing the same thing, talking about Spurs as a style of play. And I wouldn't be surprised if some of those issues cropped up again. Let, let's say Spurs played quite deep and counter-attacked and I can see Arteta sort of making a comment about that afterwards and then Conte reacting to that. And it could all be quite good fun from a sort of journalistic point of view. Um, and these managers know what they're doing sometimes with this kind of thing. But yeah, I, I, I certainly don't think that... You know, for example, when, when Emery and Pochettino were in charge, they were actually like best mates. Um, not best mates, but they were very close and they got on very well and the same sort of age and liked each other. But I think I think that's a bit different now with, with Conte and Arteta. Um, uh, 
I, 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 this is a very speculative thing to say, and I, I don't mean it to come across as critical necessarily, but I get the impression just watching them on the touchline that Arteta irritates quite a few other managers. Remember last year, I think he was the only person in the last decade to really get under the skin of Claudio Ranieri. Um, there, there, there have been a few uh, sort of touchline, uh, not bust-ups, but sort of disagreements involving Arteta. I think I think his approach is obviously very demonstrative with the referee and the fourth official, as well with Marco Silva recently as well, where they were sort of arguing with each other at the end of the game. Um, Arteta doesn't hold back and he's quite combative. Uh, and Conte, as we know, is exactly the same. So that could be something to watch and keep an eye on. Yeah, we saw obviously the, the thing with Klopp last year as well, didn't we? That I think a lot of people at the time suggested mm-hmm. might have turned that game in Liverpool's favour because all of a sudden the fans were, were were whipped into a bit of a frenzy, weren't they? But um... uh, it absolutely did. That was just like absolutely Klopp just got him. <laughs> he just he just got in his head and game over. I do wonder if that's slight because I know Conte is also very very passionate, but. He seems to do it in a way that that always leads positive to positive things on the pitch. If that makes sense, doesn't he? Like he almost seems to be able to channel it positively, even when he's getting yellow cards and and you know beef with referees and things like that. Whereas Arteta just seems so emotional that negative or positive, he's he's gonna you know he's gonna express himself like that. Just a bit, I suppose it's still on the managers, Kaya. Gabriel Jesus was a player that was heavily linked with Tottenham. I assume, I think he'd have been a good player in that Conte system. Obviously, where they fit, fitted him in would have been interesting. You look back at the recent goal scoring records in this in this fixture. Harry Kane is obviously head and shoulders above everyone else. Lacazette, Aubameyang have scored memorable goals, but never a load of goals in this. In Jesus now, do they have someone comparable at least early doors to, to a Harry Kane? Ah, uh, that's a good question. I wasn't expecting the hurricane end of the question, so you've made me rethink my answer. But um, I think they're very different strikers, aren't they? Uh, I mean, they do both drop deep and they do link play very well, but Jesus is more of a sort of buzzing, pressing machine, whereas Kane is a bit less uh, mobile, I'd say. Uh, but And also he tends to sort of stay central, whereas Jesus will pop up on either wing and you don't really know where he's going to be on the pitch. So they're, they're different in that sense. But I do think... Jesus is the kind of striker that can cause Tottenham's defenders a lot of problems. I mean, we saw Eric Dyer against Italy really struggle with a mobile front sort of line. And I think Arsenal will have that. And I think that will cause Spurs problems. Be interesting to see how Romero deals with it because he seems like someone's a bit more physically equipped to deal with it. Sort of the whole dark arts thing that Jesus isn't afraid to give back, but all that kind of thing. And the whole narrative around if Jesus gets one more yellow card than he's suspended for the game after, which I think is Liverpool. So that would be obviously a massive a massive blow if he if he gets himself booked from the derby and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I think he can cause them a lot of problems. Maybe if he sort of hangs slightly to the right side and avoids Romero a bit more, goes a bit more for Dyer and Davis. I don't think those are the kind of defenders that are well equipped to deal with um, what um, Jesus provides. And I don't know if they'll necessarily get that much support from the wing-backs. I think if Conte plays Perisic, then that will obviously leave a bit of a defensive weakness because his strength is going forward and it's similar with Sessignon though Sessignon's a little bit better defensively so yeah there's there's, there's definitely ways that Jesus could cause problems I mean he's already probably one of the favourite players uh, among the Arsenal fan base but a goal in the derby would obviously take him to another level and he's never struck me as a guy who doesn't show up in big games he had a great record with Man City against Chelsea did well against Liverpool as well he seems to rise to the occasion so I think from an Arsenal perspective you have to hope he'll do the same again on Saturday Kaya, I'm putting you on the spot here, mate. 
<laughs> who would you rather have? If you could choose right now, this Arsenal team, would you rather have Jesus up front or Kane? It's an interesting question. Uh, you have put me on the spot, and I mm. could fluff it and say I'll go for Conte system and go for a two up top, and that would really that would really ruin your question. That, that was not the question I asked, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, you can't really, you can't really deny sort of how clinical Harry Kane is and how good he is as a striker and how effective he has been in the Premier League for so long. So probably Harry Kane, as much as it pains me to say it, I, I'll try and be as objective as possible on it. Because I think if I said anything else, everyone would see right through me. So it's pointless to try and pretend anything else. Although, oh, is okay. caveat, I'm not going to, I'm not going to totally sort of slag off Jesus because I think he is one of the best strikers in the Premier League. But I do think Harry Kane has an edge, but they're totally different players, as I explained before, and um, you know they offer totally different things. Do you know what um, Harry Kane doesn't have that Jesus does? Go on. Uh, a 55-minute-long Arsenal beat special describing why he's a very good footballer. So, he's got that one. Um, Kai, there, there were some great gritted teeth there as you give that answer. And Sam and I arguably both put you on the spot there. So, what I'm going to do is get retribution for you here. Sam, have you got your phone handy, Sam? I do. Right. I'm going to, I'm going to set a timer here, 60 seconds. And by the yeah. end of that 60 seconds, I want you to have done your combined Tottenham and Arsenal team. <laughs> But oh. you've only got 60 seconds. And your formation. Whichever you prefer. You can pick whatever system you want. You can pick oh. Tierney at left back, even though you're wrong. Um, yeah. So, have you got your phone ready? Yeah. You don't have to. Me and Kyle will talk for Wait. the time. We'll heckle. So, I get to write this down, do I? Yeah, you write it down. You've got a minute. So, I'll, 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 we'll talk for a minute and then we'll come back to you and you've got to give us your team. I just need to think, can I just have a, 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 just before you start, I just need to think about which formation to go with, because that affects it. Within the minute. You're the manager, mate. You're the manager, so you make the oh, Big yeah, managers make big decisions. Right. Let, let's, um, let's say that he's ready and give him even less than a minute, so I'm going to press start now. <laughs> this is going to be an interesting one, Kaya. Um, Kaya, yeah, just, just from that Arsenal perspective again, is this really, like, can, can this team, it's early in the season, they've been doing really well, is this almost we now need to show how we, much we've improved? Because they went to Old Trafford and lost. And that game at Spurs towards the end of last season was so low. Is this now a chance to say this is the new Arsenal, do you think? I wouldn't say they need to, but I think it's the perfect chance to. So I think I think you, you won't get a better opportunity than a home derby against what is quite a good Spurs team to sort of get people to start taking seriously. And to be honest, even though Arsenal did lose against Manchester United, I think a lot of people did watch that game and start to think, you know, this Arsenal side is actually yeah, for real, if you like. And I think Gary Neville even, you know, who's been one of the sort of staunchest, uh, let's say, disbelievers in Arsenal's progress, was was even he was willing to concede that Arsenal have clearly made progression. And uh, if you rewatched any part of that game, which I have, uh, you can definitely see that Arsenal had prolonged spells of uh, domination, particularly in the second half. And I do think, interestingly, oh, is that the timer running yeah, out? He's still got his head down, for a minute. He, he's out of time. So, Sam Dean's combined Arsenal Tottenham 11 in 60 seconds. We won't talk. I just want 11 names. You can give us a formation first if you like. I went with a 4-3-3 and I'm unsure about the balance of my centre-back pairing but 
interestingly enough, I have come up with more Arsenal players than Spurs players. So I'm going Hugo Lloris in goal. Shall I have to explain each decision or just say it? No, no, we're, I'm just going to judge it by Kai's expression. So he's unsure on your goalkeeper. That's a good start. Okay, I'm, I'm putting Ben White. Okay, uh, Lloris in goal. Back four, right to left. White, Romero, Saliba, Zinchenko. That that just proves the dearth of right backs, really. You're putting a centre back at right back across two teams, really. I think I'd agree. Well, I just I just think White's really good um, at that right back role. I don't really rate Emerson Royale that highly, um, and because they're playing a back four, that kind of rules out playing Perisic in that role. Cedric's why? Uh, Cedric's not got the cut, I'm afraid. He's not quite made it. Um, he needs to work a bit harder on that. So midfield three, I've actually gone with Arsenal's midfield three: Party, Odegaard, Xhaka. I like Ben Tancur a lot and I'm tempted to put him in for Xhaka, but Xhaka's playing so well right now and the balance of the left foot there. I don't think I don't think anyone's better than Party, and I certainly don't think Spurs have got a sort of creative playmaker along the lines of Odegaard. Up front, right wing is Saka, left wing is Son and Kane down the middle. The one thing I'm nervous about is having Saliba as a left-sided centre-back because you know what? You know, you know, these days, would you need a left-footed, don't you? But yeah, that's what I've ended up with. So send abuse my way. He's good enough to do that, I think. Kai, are you happy with that? Yeah, mostly. I, I do like how um, you, you could have gone for a formation that got more attacking players in. You could have gone for a formation that got sort of Jesus or Kuzeski in. You altered it to get Erdegaard in. I, I like your commitment to the, to the dedication, to the spanning uh, for Martin Erdegaard. Yeah, difficult to disagree with, with too much of that. Uh, you could maybe argue for a game like this. Tommy Asu would be good up against Son on the right, but I think Ben White's in better form at the minute. Um, uh, if you want, you could put Romero on the left side instead of Saliba, and that could alter that. That could get rid of that issue. But uh, yeah, mm. I, I don't have too many other complaints. I mean, that, that in a way is the Arsenal beat proving how this Arsenal team has improved. Because I think when we did that last year, or even the season before, when we had John Veal and Dan Kilpatrick on, I think we ended up with about eight Tottenham players in that team at the time. But um no, uh, no Meza Ozil tea gifts required now. But it is now time for a one-off game to toast the magnitude of the North London derby. Kaya, you were part of our Arsenal Fools quiz back in April, uh, where you competed against Nick. This time you'll be taking on Sam in our quiz, Hotspur or Not Spur. Each of you will be given five facts surrounding North London derbies and the rivalry between Arsenal and Spurs. It is up to you to tell me whether it is true, Hotspur, or false, not Spur. Uh, the player with the right, most right answers wins. Simple as that. Kaya, you went first in April, so we'll put Sam in the hot seat first. So, Sam Dean, let's play Hotspur or not Spur. Question number one. The four biggest attendances for North London derbies have all been set at the same stadium. Hotspur or not Spur? Not Spur. Uh, it was Hotspur. It's true. Uh, Wembley. Twice for Spurs Premier League games. Uh, and twice Wembley. in cup matches, of course. Yeah. Wembley, of course. Question number two. Ted Drake of Arsenal scored the first North London Derby hat-trick in 1934. Almost 
plenty of time then passed before Tottenham's first in the same fixture came courtesy of Terry Dyson. But Hotspur or Knoxburg, Terry is the cousin of vacuum cleaning magnate James Dyson. <laughs> I mean, how, how do I not know this? Absolutely shocking, embarrassing. Uh, I'm going to go with Knoxburg again. Correct. Uh, no connection, no Hoover connection. Terry Dyson is in fact the uncle of European tour winning golfer Simon Dyson. Question uh. number three. George Graham managed both Arsenal and Tottenham in the Premier League. He also spent 14 consecutive seasons as a player in the top tier before suffering relegation with Chelsea. Hotspur or not Spur? Relegated with Chelsea's player. Not Spur. Correct. <laughs> George Rowan was relegated in 1974, but he was playing for Manchester United at the time. Yeah, I don't recall him. That Chelsea thing didn't feel right, so that's good. So, we have got two out of three so far, and we go on to question number four. Despite playing in 11 North London derbies across the Premier League and FA Cup, Thierry Henry was never on the losing side. Hotspur or not spur? So you're going to need to rephrase that. So did Henry, are you asking me if Henry ever lost to North London Dub? Yes. Oh. I feel like I read somewhere or, or know somewhere deep in my mind that he was unbeaten in North London Derbies. But that feels an extraordinary thing to say given how long he was at Arsenal for. I'm going to go with he did lose a North London derby at one point. He didn't. He was unbeaten in 11 Whoa. North London derbies, scoring five goals across those two games. So we're on two out of four as we go into your last question. Here we go. As someone once on the books of Arsenal before making his name at Tottenham, Harry Kane's autobiography, Up Front, was written by regular Arsenal beat contributor James Olly. Hotspur or not spur? <laughs> I suspect if James Olly had written Harry Kane's autobiography, James Olly would not be regularly appearing on the Arsenal beat. I'm going to go with not spur. Correct. It is, <laughs> it is the autobiography of Clive Allen that James Olly wrote. Uh, Clive Allen, of course, also never made a competitive appearance for Arsenal, but went on to score 60 league goals at Spurs. Okay, Kaya, let's see if you can beat that three out of five. Before you, before you do, can I just ask, where, where can I buy Clive Allen's autobiography and uh, would you recommend it? It's a very good read, yeah. Uh, Amazon, I believe, and um, I'm sure James Arley will sign several copies ahead of the North London Derby. So, Kaya, <laughs> three out of five to beat. Are you ready for the next round of Hotspur or not Spur? Yes. Question number one. Spurs signed Rowan Ricketts in 2002, only for then-manager Glenn Hoddle to reveal years later he'd been confused when offered the player, thinking instead he was signing Bolton's one-cap England striker, Michael Ricketts. Hotspur or not Spur? I think I've heard this story before, so I'm going to say Hotspur. It's not Spur. <laughs> 
Rowan moved straight from <laughs> Arsenal to Spurs. He played 30 Premier League games for Tottenham before spells at Coventry, Wolves, QPR and Barnsley. Question number two. Hotspur or Notspur? Theo Walcott and Ian Wright have scored the same number of North London Derby goals. Ooh. Yeah, I did have quite a good record in the Derby. I'm just remembering he scored a couple in the 5 2. First one, scored in the second 5 2. Uh, I'm going to go Hotspur for this one. Hotspur is correct. They both scored four North London Derby goals. So 3 1. As we go to question number three. The year is 1987, and Arsenal have won at White Hart Lane four times, each by a 2 1 scoreline. Hotspur or Notspur? Did I say Notspur? It's Hotspur. <sighs> it was two, oh. league, two league wins and then a, league, uh, a win in a League Cup semi final, second leg, which led to a, a replay of that leg. So right. it was two this League Cup semi final and two league final. wins. So you can yeah. still draw. There is still a chance to draw. Whereas we go to okay. question number four. Tottenham fan Tom Holland attempted to convince Marvel producers to dress one of the minor villains in Spider-Man Far From Home in an Arsenal shirt so he could be seen on the big screen getting one over his rival club. Hotspur or not spur? This might be the Mandela effect again, but I feel like I've heard him tell the story and therefore I'm going to go for Hotspur. It's not spur. <laughs> he is a Tottenham fan. But no, he didn't, he didn't uh, write that into his contract. So Sam has won. So five, we'll give you the last question anyway. Question number five. If you ask Jack Wilshere what he thought of Tottenham, history suggests he would reply, shit. Is that Hotspur or not Spur? Hotspur. Yeah, there we go. Lovely stuff. <laughs> Lovely stuff. Well done, Sam. You win that. 3-2. Kaya, let's hope that's not a forerunner for the uh, for the weekend. Thank you for joining me both. And we'll be back on Monday to dissect the North London Derby. Stay safe. <laughs>